Hey guys, so welcome to another episode of Talking with Alicia, a place where I give women who don't usually get a platform, a platform to talk. And today, in today's episode, I have someone really special, Carol Rossati, um, a campaigner for diversity and inclusion. Um, she's created a women's board network, Inspire, in 2008, and won several awards throughout her career and is actually one of the top 100 women to watch. Now, the reason why I really wanted to speak to Carol was because I feel like, um, especially in today's day and age, diversity and inclusion plays such a big role in our society, in our jobs, in our day-to-day lives. And on top of that, I feel like all, if not most companies and places can improve their diversity and can do their bit and I feel like a lot more awareness um, is really needed on the issue so hi Carol thank you so much for being on here today hi thank you so much and um, the first question that I just want to ask you is what made you choose diversity and inclusion like what was the reason why you wanted to pursue it as a career um, I think the, the easiest way to answer that is it chose me. <laughs> um, I uh, I used to be a headhunter and I dealt with people for my entire career and I recruited CFOs and MDs. Um, what I was completely oblivious to was the fact that they were men, all of them. And if I saw more than two um, female CFOs, I was doing well. Um, but because I, I'm just me and I just go through life and I go through that way. Um, I hadn't really noticed. I, I was um, the only woman at the management team where I was working, mm-hmm. and they just treated me as me. Yeah. But one day I had a um, I had an epiphany because I uh, I hosted an event and I, I got up to do the uh, welcoming address, and I looked around the room and I realised that apart from um, one waitress, um, there were about sixty five blokes looking at me. And I opened that Pandora's box, and from that moment on, I went, hmm, well, that's not very fair and equitable. No, <laughs> and, no. Uh, and that's how Inspire was created. That's amazing. It's it's so good that you actually got in those places in the first place, because as a woman, it's hard to be the only one in the room. It's hard to get in that position in the first place. You, it is really remarkable, and you do have to work hard at it. And... Um, for people that, because um, even me, I promote diversity and inclusion. Um, I did engineering, so I wanted to promote that in the engineering field and things like that. And why do you think it's so important? Because a lot of times people, maybe especially men, don't really understand what's the importance. Like if someone has the credentials, if someone has the skill, they should be able to get the job. It shouldn't be that serious or there shouldn't need to be a sector for it or there shouldn't so why why do you think it's so important well i guess really for me it's all about diversity of thought because if you get any team whether it's at exec level or board level or just just any team within an organization if you've got one type of individual in it then you're just going to get the same result every time you have a conversation there's no innovation yeah so in terms of lifeblood for an organisation, um, I think it's really, really important to, so that you can reflect your client base more than anything, um, to have different people talking about it. Because I, I love meeting new people and yeah. and 
looking at life through a different prism, you know, through a different lens. And, and it's stunning that you can, you can just, somebody can say something. And human beings are great when they work together because somebody can have an idea and then before long it's extrapolated beyond anything that you could possibly imagine because yeah. all the other people have chipped in. Yeah. But if you have one kind or set of individuals, you're not going to get that. So no, no. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Definitely. And I think people forget that actually having your team more racially diverse and um, gender diverse actually improves the company's profits and it improves revenues, as you said. Um, it's because you get different ideas, there's more innovation going on. I think there was a statistic where um, increases it up to 40% or a ridiculous number like that I saw online. And it's just amazing how managers and team leaders concentrate so much on so many different things um to make more revenue but don't really concentrate on the diversity sector they kind of just neglect it yeah yeah the people like the most important part of it and it's it's funny how they don't think that that's actually a big part of what can push a company forward as well well, particularly when you think in, in terms of um, your P&L, your, your wages cost is probably one of the biggest cost on it. So if, if you don't actually, yeah. <laughs> it, you don't actually make it as rich as possible. Yes. Yeah, you're actually the- making a loss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I also wanted to ask you in the UK, so that's where you work. What do you think is the biggest issue with diversity and inclusion? Um, I think to a certain extent, gender fatigue, particularly. Um, when um, I started to started Inspire, um, it was before the Davis Review even. So you know we, we were in dire straits in terms of um, percentages, wasn't even double figures of, of uh, women on boards, particularly in the FTSE 100. And we're getting there. We are actually making progress, um, but there's still so much to do, and and we're still talking about a very very small number of companies. When you think in terms of UK wide, yeah, the number of women on boards is it's still really really low, um, and that's just gender. And for me, I, I do tend to talk more about inclusion nowadays rather than gender diversity, particularly although it's a passion of mine, as you can imagine. Um, <laughs> because if you think in terms of inclusion, yeah. then there's something in it for everyone. The yeah, that is true. Is everybody works together and it's everybody everyone. benefits from it. Yeah. So for me, the, the, one of the biggest challenges in the UK, or, or actually globally, it doesn't really matter if it's the UK or not, um, is that people become less selfish and have a basic understanding of what inclusion really means um and and accepting that everybody has biases i mean you, you do they're unconscious and you're, mm-hmm. to, to a large extent sometimes they are conscious as well which is even worse yeah but um you know everybody has unconscious biases because you are a unique individual and a, a sort of a um a whole homogenous mix of your own life experiences so you are unique therefore mm-hmm. so you've had so many influences on your life that of course you'll have a way of thinking about things and I, I know I've spoken to you before about privilege bias yeah and if you are completely unaware of a particular thing mm-hmm. of course you won't understand it yeah yeah and if you're right-handed you won't understand what it's like to be left-handed in a right-handed world mm-hmm. simple as that yeah definitely it's the thing where we wouldn't have gone like for instance if you weren't a woman you wouldn't have pursued diversity and inclusion because you wouldn't have noticed that you were the only woman Mm. in the room so it wouldn't have happened because obviously that's why you thought and that could be for anyone um whether they're disabled or whether they're a different race or it's because as you said they 
view the world in their eyes, in their mm-hmm. perspective, that's why they feel like they're not included or they're out of it or they're not part of the team or they can't get to places where other people might be able to as well. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, another silly example is I, I travel on the tube every week and because I live in Somerset, I have my case with me. And you have no idea how difficult it is to navigate the tube with a case. So, so it gives you a, a slight insight into what it must be like to be disabled and using the tube. It is truly awful. Yeah. Really, really bad. Um, and yes, I know that they're actually trying to make it different and they're trying to put um, lift access into many things. But even if you um, go from one line to another, bank in particular is the most awful, awful um, place to actually traverse so that you go yeah. to a, a different line. Um, but most people are just rushing there and getting on to the next line. They don't even think about how difficult it, it yeah. is. Yeah, uh, because Definitely. that's you know that's the nature of life. You, you you don't necessarily always be switched on to other people's point of view. But what I'm trying to do is at least get light bulbs to go on. Yeah. So that people can at least think, God, this is really bad. Yeah, and things <laughs> should change. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I feel like one of one of the biggest issues with um, diversity and inclusion is actually getting into the job or into the role or getting promoted um like um i've read a couple of articles where um to get promoted you need to be seen more it's not just about your work it's about if you get noticed around the office and stuff like that and a lot of women particularly don't are in the office but don't want to be in the highlight highlight kind of thing in people's perspective that's why Mm -hmm. they kind of get sweeped under Mm-hmm. And even um, with um, hiring, the hiring process as well, a lot of times non-white sounding names don't really get called on to the next step and stuff like that. So, and another thing in like engineering, for instance, we talked about it where there aren't that many women in the higher sectors and that can be because there's not, there's no one, there's not already women there to hire them. And mm-hmm. on top of that, it's such a male-dominated environment that they don't feel like they can exceed or they don't really want to go mm-hmm. in there. So I feel like that is a big part. Do you think there's anything in the system or that can change to make the hiring process or to get people onto jobs or get promoted easier, like well (laughs) and and you've unearthed well i could talk all day about that subject but the the for me i talk about the diversity triangle because i always think um government business and the individual all have a responsibility to um to make it happen ultimately we're all responsible for our own destinies and we are the only person that can self-limit you is you yeah Um, definitely yeah um i think that in terms of um so i am a coach and um one of the things i do is i run workshops for particularly for women um to empower us because we are really bad at blowing our own trumpet we're not very good at putting ourselves yeah um we have an absolute distaste for for being too um showy off yeah too showy (laughs) would rather be judged on our merit yeah the un- unfortunately the reality is we are we are still playing on a male playing field um and 
that kind of behavior will get you nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we have to learn to be more assertive, not aggressive, but assertive, and certainly proud of what, uh, and acknowledge what we have done. Um, and there is a process that you can go through to, to make it more comfortable because most genuinely most women do find it very difficult to do it. Um, but so that's one of the things I spend an awful lot of time on and I'm very passionate about it because I, I do believe that we um, can level the playing field, but we need to learn to do it in a certain way. Um, but in terms of the, you'll be pleased to know, um, in terms of the government and the organisation bit, the, sorry, it's thundering, bye. Yeah. Um, there is a, um, a new uh, corporate governance code for the FTSE. UK governance code and in there um, for the first time diversity inclusion is central Um, and in the guidance notes they do talk about um, it's the responsibility of the remuneration committee to talk to the HR um, team within Mm -hmm. a business to ensure that for example the the interview panels are more mixed Um, the that women are encouraged to go for um, less traditional roles and that they are recognized and identified and helped within an organization to put themselves forward so times are changing we are we are getting there we Mm -hmm. are we are that's yeah that's pushing it yeah um but you know it's a slow process and and let's face it the the um (laughs) power is rarely given up easily um it's normally taken um and it has to be voluntary from all sides to actually want to make things change yeah that is true yeah it is some of it's um what we've been brought up with some of it's like there needs to be a change in hierarchy so there's so many different factors involved it's it's very very complex yeah that's the thing and i think um, with time especially mindsets will change as well and the way of thinking changes progressively with time have you Mm. seen um a difference between um, diversity and inclusion throughout your career? Like, has it substantially increased or do you think it's not really improved that much? Yes and no. Uh, the good news is <laughs> when, I, when I first started out in recruitment, um, you know, pe- people didn't even mention the fact they had a family um, and you were... Uh, <sighs> men never mind women had to lie basically if they wanted to go to the nativity play or a sports day or or, you know things to do with their family you didn't say i'm going to the nativity play you would say something you know go to the doctors or whatever now it's seen as very strange if you don't go so in that respect yes times times have changed which is great um and people are perceived as the whole self coming to work so their family is, is an integral part of them as opposed to a totally separate thing which is great um but the reality is, in terms of the um, corporate working life, there's still so far much to go in terms of real change yeah. and getting, for example, more women to the top, never mind all the other types of diversity that you might actually want to tick. Um, because the reality is it's still very, very slow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you're, you're absolutely right in terms of when we actually finally do get more women or more uh, people from an ethnic background or LGBT individuals who are um, comfortably out. Yeah. Um, at an organisation and identified and happy to be identified, then we will see, then it'll become normal, then I won't need to do my job anymore. (laughs) I would love to be able to say, don't need me anymore. Um, (laughs) I don't think it's going to happen in my lifetime, but um, 
we have made progress. We are, the, the, the good news is, yes, we have made a lot of progress, particularly, um, I think, in terms of mental health and, and well-being. Yeah. Um, even in the last 18 months, I, I've seen a huge change mm-hmm. in people's attitude. And the yeah. that really was the last taboo. Um, and it's not seen as shameful anymore. No, yeah, well, I've seen that. Thankfully. Well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but again, people are saying the right things but there's still some really awful practice out there as well. Mm. So, and like with within the DNI space, people are saying the right things, people are winning awards, but sometimes when you actually look under the surface, you scratch the surface, the culture of the organization, organization really hasn't changed that much. Yeah, that's really sad to hear. And I feel like a lot of times companies may be promoting that they're getting diverse or becoming diverse or they're doing these amazing initiatives but if you actually look at the statistics and the facts and the actual work that's done there's not a substantial amount of change no in yeah so it's it's more of a yeah it's more to more to get attention and maybe to get the reputation up or to get involved in diversity as well um i do work with companies or do you know outside of um the UK how that is with diversity and inclusion like around Europe or America or is it just strictly yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting because when we um when we um created Inspire we started out in the UK we then went to out to the US um yeah. then to Hong Kong um then we came back to Europe for a while and did um the Nordics um, then we went out to Vietnam and Singapore, and so so we, we went all over. The <laughs> There's world. quite a lot of things. There's quite a lot, yeah. yeah. Um, it was really really interesting to do because um, again, scratching the surface and going underneath the cultural reference points for, for each um, each country, the issues that women faced were very very similar. When you yeah. took all that away, oh, okay, really, yeah. really 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 interesting. So you know, then you get into the whole debate of nature nurture, um, and if it's genetic um, or if it's hormonal or, or whatever. Um, but really, ultimately, so fascinating in terms of the um, the very fundamental difference between men and women. Same wherever you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know that, that that was the most interesting point for me, I think, um, and actually doing away with some of the, the stereotypes that I I was, um, you know, that you I know, thought yeah. of. Um, but actually, many of them were very true when it came to certain countries and, and how women are perceived. So you, I think cultural reference points are very, very important and how, how you're actually treated as a woman. Um, I think in the UK, the one thing that I found great was actually we're, we're so far ahead of so many more countries than we thought we were. Yeah, so that's we're doing good okay. Yeah. We've got a long way to go, but mm-hmm. we're doing okay. Oh, that's yeah, that's good to hear. Um, what are the what were the, some of the things that shocked you when you went to other countries? Ooh, um, without telling tales. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that the that one of the things that I found uh, really surprising um, was that West Coast Silicon Valley um, was very male, very misogynistic, um, and so many of the women were struggling to make themselves heard to make themselves um visible and, and to get on and they they didn't lack confidence really um, you wouldn't think was... that especially because yeah. you seem like they seem like they're the most progressive they're the most ahead Funky. of time yeah techy <laughs> yeah more open as well to new ideas no no it was really really interesting so uh more so than new york 
so it was it was, it was a, that was a real learning thing for me mm-hmm. um but then the you know the the, the likes of, of facebook or twitter or or, or or media technology or fintech companies or, or that that sort of techie company um have really tried as they've got bigger yeah um they, they understand that their client base is predominantly female uh, and they have really tried to engage with more women, some more successful than others. Mm-hmm. So it, it is actually really, really interesting that, that companies that you would think would be um, easier to work in yeah. aren't necessarily. Yeah, that's really surprising to hear for me as well. Um, also, um, talk a bit more um, about your founding so inspire women what exactly do you do where are you based and just talk a bit about that because it sounds really interesting what you guys do well originally um we found 289 women that's all we could find to start with um and we wanted to provide a, a safe secure environment for women to meet and network mm-hmm. because one of the things that we we'd realize and even more so now is that um in terms of on your on your task your list to, list to do day uh, for the day networking for women is around about number 19 probably it's, yeah. it's, it's over the page and probably on page four. Uh, <laughs> they'd rather sort of pull their own fingernails out <laughs> and we wanted to provide an environment where they could do it comfortably and actually oh, enjoy okay. it yeah um, yeah and help each other and that one of the founding principles for me was was no ladder pulling. And by that I mean they, they had to help each other mm-hmm. um, because you know that they, they you do get um, um, women or seemingly women do have a reputation for having um, queen bean syndromes so that they don't want other women there. I've only ever met two or three uh, in my entire career with Inspire. Um, the women of Inspire have been truly amazing in terms of helping each other. Um, and it grew and grew. And by, I actually um, left um, Inspire last year. Uh, oh. By the time I left, it was about 8,000 worldwide. Um, and I am still in contact with so many of the women because I've known them for 10 years. So mm-hmm. oh, it's, uh, you can imagine it's, it's yeah. I've, I've gone up through my career with them, if you like. Mm-hmm. And what it's done, I think, more than anything, is, is given them a voice, um, given them somewhere to meet. They are... They like networking, so they yeah. told me anyway. Now, oh. um, and what they are—it's inspired them to help the generations of tomorrow, That's which I amazing. think is one of the most important things. That's actually amazing. It's amazing how, especially during, because you founded in two thousand and eight as well, so that was yeah ten years ago. So I can imagine it. There not being that many networking events. Um, social That's media wasn't point. really no. that prominent then as well. So. It must have been really hard, especially for women during that time, especially to just to get out there and meet like-minded women. And I feel like a lot of times um, women don't progress because they don't have that support network. They can't really talk to someone that's been through or going through what they're going through. And Only. Yeah, and <laughs> to give advice and stuff like that. So it's very, very amazing what you've done because even just a talk, talking to someone can change your perspective mm. on so many different things, um, especially if they're experienced the, as well. Exactly. And so to know that somebody else is going through yeah. the same yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you're not the uh, only one. And yeah, yeah that is amazing. And, you know, the... the the one again that I, I mean, I used to go to networking events um, yeah. as part of the job, and 
you could normally sort of count the number of women there because they'd not be wearing black, grey or navy. <laughs> they'd be wearing something colourful. So it was a woman. Um, <laughs> like butterflies around the room. Yeah. So it's quite funny. Um, and Inspire was just so incredibly different because the, the way that women network and the way that women talk to each other is very different as well. And it's, it's taught me so much about the fundamental differences between men and women. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing... No. You know, either yeah. sex isn't better. They're just different. Of course they are. Um, but it's really, really interesting to see how, for example, um, women engage and disengage differently from a group. So it's, it's a natural process, whereas in a, a male networking environment, it tends to be quite awkward and really sort of difficult to, to get away or to even to, to infiltrate a group in the first place. So whereas with Inspire, it was, it was a lot more easy. Oh, okay. um, but several years in, we actually invited guys too. Um, so that they could see how amazing these women were, apart from anything. Only once a year, um, because we really wanted <laughs> to keep it, um, to yeah. keep it a safe and secure environment yeah. for women. Um, but it was really interesting because the dynamic of the whole event changed when there were guys there. Um, and it was really, really, di- really different. The, the, the whole feeling of the event was different. And so it was great for me to watch because it was, it was you think, why is that? Yeah. Why all of a sudden is it completely different? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when, when, and I always used to keep it so there was, a, there was 30% men, so that they could actually understand what it felt like to be in yeah, a minority. Yeah. And they, there were quite a few light bulb moments going on, which is, which is really quite interesting. Um, and uh, all of them, bar none, A, thanked me for letting them go, and B, said how amazing it was, how enjoyable it was, and how different it was to some of the networking events they've been to. So they that's even good. enjoyed it, which is even <laughs> That's a good thing. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah, it's really, really good what um you've done. And are there still events going on? Is it still continuing on right now as well? Inspiring. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, funny enough, I um I still have events anyway. Um, it's just not called Inspire <laughs> because <laughs> um, Inspire is is with Harvey Nash where I used to work. Um, but I still. I still have the network, as I call it, um, because it because it's at the end of the day, it's the the people that I've I've known for my network that I've known for ten years. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. So many of them um, <laughs> contact me and say, "When's the next event, Carol?" <laughs> so I can't stop. Whether yeah, I want to that's or good. Not, so, that's good. Um, um, and they're senior women in business, so it's great. Yeah, and um, what's your take on positive discrimination, meaning that? Um, when companies have a quota, they have to have a certain amount. Um, a lot of people, obviously I'm for positive discrimination, but a lot of people are against it. They think that you shouldn't just hire a woman because you need a certain amount of women. They should have the accolades, they should be able to prove themselves. But um, what's your take on it, on <laughs> people like this? Well, when I first started Inspire, I was fundamentally against quotas I, I thought it was the most awful idea that you could ever imagine because I, I'd, I'd gone through my career and I'd just gone that way which was, which was my dad yeah. he taught me to go that way if you, if you want to go that way mm-hmm. um, but around about sort of five years in um, I started to realise that it was like pushing a boulder through treacle uphill um, you know if we, if we wanted if we wanted a parity or at least an even vaguely decent figure we're going to have to do something yeah so whilst I would always say that I would want the best person for the job, um, you can do many things. You can change the job. 
you can change the spec, you can change the candidate spec. Um, just because you had a John before doesn't mean to say that you need to replace them with another John. You know, mm-hmm. you, you can you can change it. Um, so when people say, "Oh, we couldn't find any women for the job," well, you can find a woman and you can flex the job. So I have a different conversation with people, um, and I think that the that there's a whole thing about the language that you use in a job advert, for example, yeah. or that even the job spec um, will put women off, for example. Mm-hmm. Change the wording, change the language. Uh, if you are really committed to actually getting women on your teams or boards or or, or exec teams, you can do it. Yeah. It, simple as that, you can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to be more mindful and more creative in the way that you do do it. Mm-hmm. And actually have enough, be brave enough to take a perceived risk. Though why on earth they would think it was be risky to have women on board, <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. Over a glass of wine. Um, but but in, in terms of... Um, in, in terms of positive discrimination, I just see it in a different way. I see it as being more creative, not not discrimination. Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, what? last year on International Women's Day, uh, which is now International Women's Week, uh, it's one of my busiest weeks in the whole year, um, and I got trolled by a, by a guy and it's and on Twitter. And he said, um, when's International Man's Day then? Oh. And, to which I said, well... You could say 364 other days of yeah. the year, um, but actually, if you really want to be pedantic, it's that there is a particular day for you in November, um, which there is. There is an official yeah. International Man's Day. Um, for me, it's more important to create an environment where we can work together. Because yeah. if, if you actually put women and men together, mm-hmm. you get a stronger team. Definitely, so, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, I'm not. I'm not about. I mean, if you wanted to make it official. Uh, if you wanted quotas, then maybe you could have it for a fixed period of time. So you could have it for two parliaments, for example, mm-hmm. to get more women, to make it, to normalise it. Yeah. Because it's a bit like the smoking ban. Everybody thought that the whole restaurant and pub trade would close and everything would, would fall over. But no, all of us have got very used to not having smoky environments in a pub. Yeah, yeah. And, and now it's normal. Mm-hmm. So if you if you smell somebody smoking, it's like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so... And I do believe that if you normalised it, if you got yeah. it to be normal, then people wouldn't chunter so much. So maybe we do need it. Mm-hmm. But in terms of one by one, positive discrimination for me is being more creative. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. Even when um, people are hiring people, their definition of... Um, it's, it's like what you said where men and women have different traits as a boss as well. So yeah. if you widen your... Um, definition of what a boss is because usually when we think of what a leader is it's usually really one track minded where Mm. they have to be assertive they have to be this they have to be that but if we broaden it and we could also say like leaders are good listeners they get Mm. more people involved which um, has been like statistically found what women leaders do more as well Um, that's how we can shift more people to into these roles more women into these roles as well so Mm. it's like what you said it's basically about broadening what your definition is maybe changing the job spec and wording it a different way so it includes more people as well so Mm. yeah I completely agree with that Mm. and um also my final question is um is there anything we as individuals can do to 
um, improve the diversity and inclusion of our workplace because we've talked a lot about what managers can do and what all these big superiors can do but what can we do as individuals to make sure that our company or where we work or our workplace is more inclusive? Um, well, I mean, as I said before, as an individual, you have a responsibility for your own destiny. And if you want to yeah. work somewhere that makes you miserable, well, that, then that's your choice. But if you, um, you know, if, if you do start to talk or start to understand what inclusion means, yeah, and start to even get a percep- a better perception of what life is like through somebody else's lens, then it will make you a better person. Um, and I think. It's, <laughs> Why people find that so hard to understand, um, and I think that the everybody's responsibility mm-hmm. is to open their eyes. You know, it's, it's not all about me. It's not. It's not. The sense of self is is very high at the moment, and I think it it needs to. People need to broaden out to go. Okay, well, if, even if they only did it for one other person in their group, um, you know, to understand what Ramadan meant, for example, yeah. or um, just just something like that, um, so that next year. You can be a bit more mindful of somebody that's, that somebody's fasting during the day, for example. Yeah. So don't ask them if they want a coffee, because they can't have one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, simple as that. Um, so that you know the, the the level of understanding about inclusion increases, uh, and I think that one of the, one of the best things that organisations can do is to have um, bite-sized chunk sessions on all sorts of different subjects, so that they can increase the knowledge base within for individuals um and one you know for example um i did a set of podcasts um and one of the most popular ones was with a lady um all about transitioning um as as transgender and i got so many questions from people afterwards and and it sort of opened again opened a box and people who had been frightened to ask before asked all sorts of questions and if you can do that yeah. then you'll create a better working environment because people won't spend so much time covering themselves and cloaking themselves to become this work persona mm-hmm. they'll just bring themselves to work and surely that's a better state to be in than than pretending to be someone you're not yeah definitely thank you thank you so much for your time is there anything that you would like to add or anything you would want to even ask me or um, not really. I think the main thing for me is keep doing what you're doing. Oh, thank uh, you. And um, keep having a voice and, and keep thank you. Keep talking about it because at the end of the day, if, if we can, I, I call it my little steps campaign, if we, if we convert people one by one mm-hmm. then and they convert one by one, then we'll get somewhere. Definitely. But, but thank, you for Definitely. Your time as well. thank you. Thank you so much for being here. And that's the end of the podcast. Thank you so much.